What is up, everybody? Hello and welcome, and I hope you're having a fantastic week so far. Before we jump into this episode, I just want to introduce exactly what you will be hearing. This week, I am joined by my good friend, Rachel Lee Crawford, who I actually met just this year, and she has such an awesome testimony about obedience to the Lord, her work as a missionary with YWAM, second YWAM we've had on the show. But you know what? I'm just so excited for you guys to hear this conversation about her heart, uh, her servanthood heart, and exactly what God has done through the work of obedience and how we can learn through obedience, especially in the Bible. And with that being said, play that intro. Hello and welcome to the Refined by Fire podcast, a show with conversations about faith, trials, and the oh-so-long walk of life we are each called into. I am your host, Matt Kennedy, and I hope you find these episodes to be encouraging and uplifting. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Well, hello and welcome to the Refined by Fire podcast. I am Matt Kennedy as always. And today we finally have our first female. I realized I did like three episodes with dudes. And I'm like, dang, I messed up. I did something uh, to where we definitely should have included the girls first. Bring in a good friend, uh, Rachel Lee Crawford. How are you? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm great. But Rach, I invite you on today because I'm very excited. Um, you have done a lot. You've traveled around. You've been a missionary in so many different places, and now you're in Grand Junction. You're in Grand Junction, Colorado, and this podcast is really about conversations about faith and trials and just having and have, just having an awesome time with Jesus and really just how he's changed people's lives and how um, he's worked in them, and what I wanted to do was, was get people on to talk about obedience uh, to the Lord, and you have a fantastic story um, about obedience. And so, Rich, I always ask the guests that come onto the show. Uh, of course, the podcast is based on First Peter one seven. Uh, this is ESV translation. So that so that tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Are you familiar with that verse? Yes. Okay. I always ask the people, what what does that verse say to you? If you've ever um, read it and got something from it, or if I say that to you now, what is like one of the first thoughts that comes to your mind when you hear about uh, your faith being tested by fire and then it, it ultimately brings glory to the revelation of Jesus Christ? I oftentimes think of our brokenness in the idea of being like a broken pot or a broken vessel. There's this Chinese art that I don't know if you've heard of it. I don't remember the name right at the moment. But basically, it is you take a pot and you fix it with gold. Mm. And so when I think of that, I think of Jesus coming in and taking our brokenness and when we say yes to him, we allow him to refine those cracks with with his gold and with his purity. Yeah, I've seen that yes. in different museums and it's beautiful, it's gorgeous because you take, yeah, broken pottery and they literally use, like you said, gold to, to bring it back together and it has like all these golden weaves in it, but it's it's beautiful yes. when it's in and then it takes like an even better shape than it was before. I don't know what that is called though. We could maybe look it up and, and put it in after that, but I, but I don't remember, but cool. Let's just start off. Let's just get right into it. For some reason, the town of Grand Junction, Colorado, on the Western Slope, <laughs> population of, of sixty thousand is 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 drawn these like these spirit filled people who just mm. for some reason find a calling to be here and you happen to 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 be here in this place. And so Rachel, my first question to you is simply why are you here and how did you get here? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I feel like I have to start with the how I got here. Um, because I'm still learning what the why is. Mm -hmm. I'll go into that later. 
But basically, I was doing a school of worship out in Lakeside, Montana with a missionary organization called YWAM, Mm -hmm. or Youth with a Mission. And the school of worship is a three-month program that takes you through learning what it looks like to be a worshiper, practically leading worship. So like learning how to lead from a practical standpoint of like, what does building a worship set look like? And then also what does it look like to have a heart of a worshiper by going through the book of Psalms? Right. So I was doing that. And like I said, it's a three month school. So my plan I thought was to go to Montana. I'm from Florida. So I moved from Florida to Montana and I was there doing the school and I thought I was going to go to Europe for six months. Yes. 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 And do music ministry and be in Italy and then go back to Montana and actually staff the school of worship because I have a heart for Montana, for worship, for missions. And instead, two days before I was going to leave, I had a plane ticket and everything. Mm -hmm. I was in a moment of prayer and I felt the Lord say to me, actually, you're moving to Grand Junction, Colorado. And I was like, okay, Lord, what does that look like? And it's funny because a lot of people ask me, well, how did you know about Grand Junction? And that's a really cool God story in itself because four years ago, I was in Montana for the first time doing another YWAM school Mm -hmm. called School of Biblical Studies. Yes. And my last month there, I actually was reconnected with my aunt who lives here in Grand Junction. So her and my mom were best friends growing up and they kind of lost connection because my mom got sick when I was really young. And so they lost connection. And when my mom passed away a few years ago, she didn't actually know about it. Mm. And I hadn't known this woman or really seen this woman since I was about nine years old and at the time I was 20 and my sister was cleaning out the shed and randomly found her phone number and I don't believe in coincidences I believe that God divinely sent that up Mm. and that he was challenging me to actually call her because it would bring her healing and me healing as Mm. well So I called her and we talked on the phone for about four hours, sobbing our faces off. And that started me coming to Grand Junction every Thanksgiving to visit. So last year I came for Thanksgiving and two weeks later I ended up moving here. Wow. Because the Lord told me to. Yeah. So you've been here for almost a year. Wow. And what a time to to be in Grand Junction your first year. I mean, 2020 and just (laughs) everything that's been involved with it. but, But you said yes two yes. days before you're supposed to go across the pond yes to europe to serve a lot of people dream of stuff like that to going to serve and god was like actually the desert of colorado you'll be going there yep and now that you've stayed in obedience to the lord you said yes you made the move um almost a year later success you've seen the joy in that what is your kind of like your almost your, like your one year after conclusion of, of, of saying yes to that decision. It's funny that you mentioned coming to the desert because 
my second day here, I was living in Loma, yeah. actually, with my family. And I was driving home, and I was like, Lord, I just feel so dry here. Mm. And I don't know why that is. It's the altitude. And the Lord, well, the Lord was like, Rachel, you're in a desert, <laughs> an actual physical desert. And I went, oh, well, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense then. And he's really taught me in this past year of my life that he is our river of living water. He brings living water to the desert. Yeah. And in our dry places and the barren places, he blooms flowers, really. And that's what it's been like. Mm. All right, Rachel. Second question. Second question. You moved around a lot and have continued to do so. That's a big part of your testimony. Moving around with, with YWAM, you've been in places like Kansas City. You have to remind me with all the places you've been around when it comes to Europe and, and other places as such. But with your missionary experiences, with your travel experiences, I would love to hear your experiences with that. But uh, because of that, um, as exciting as that is for a lot of people as who may want to travel and move around and spread the good news of the gospel, did you personally find um, your travels to be more or less trialsome than you originally expected? I think it depends on how you define that in the way of like physically or spiritually or mentally. Right. So physically for me, most of the time when I travel, I've tended to get pretty sick and that's been very difficult because when you go and you're a part of a different culture and it's a different time zone, it can be difficult with the food and different things like that physically or you walk all day because there's no form of like, transportation like a car or a bus or something if that makes sense yeah whereas for me spiritually all of those travels were very fulfilling and very rewarding because I knew ultimately that they were for the sake of the gospel and for Jesus and saying yes to him so I think yeah that just depends on how you look at that what was the one you're telling me yesterday where you were sick the entire time. So I went to the Philippines for four months. Yeah. And for the entirety or about 75% of the time, I actually was pretty sick. I lost about 20 pounds while I was there. I couldn't keep any food down. Um, I actually didn't end up doing a lot of ministry because of that. But at the same time, I was able to pray for everybody else that was going cool. out and evangelizing and the moments where I was able to go out seemed so much more powerful. Hmm. What did that do? I mean, because when we're told to sit and fervently pray compared to being out in the missionary field, I'm sure that must have been hard on you to, to accept. But, but what did you end up experiencing by just being a prayer warrior during that time, praying for others? I mean, did you see how prayer worked in areas like that? Definitely. One of the biggest things that I've seen come from a life of prayer is the faithfulness of God. Yeah. He really listens to us and it's not that he doesn't know what we're going to say, but I think prayer really, you know, aligns our hearts with his. And so I definitely saw that when I was in the Philippines. A specific moment that I can think of is I had been sick all day and we had been praying for who was going to preach at an open air preaching um, in a small village in one of the towns that we were in in the Philippines. 
and everyone felt like I was supposed to share. Mm. Which is funny because I really did not feel good that day. And I was also terrified because at this point in time, it would have been the first time that I would have shared in front of this many people. Yeah, And there were about, I think, 400 people who ended up showing up. Wow. To this open air preaching wow. in this tiny little basketball field or basketball court. And it was a really powerful time. And I remember at the end of it thinking, wow, that was not Rachel. That was the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we had a time of prayer afterwards. And part of my story is that I was healed of an incurable disease when I was 17, which is a Really good story for another time. (laughs) But anyway, we're going around and we're praying for healing for people. And I remember this little girl coming up to me with her grandparents. And her grandparents were telling the translator that their granddaughter had stomach issues and had like stomach ulcers. And so I felt led to pray for healing for her. And also just talk to her about the father's love for her Mm. and how she was cared for and valued. And I started sharing my own story with her and prayed healing over her and she was healed. And what was even more great about that was the fact that her name was Rachel. Mm. And it just taught me that the world really is a much smaller place than we think sometimes Mm. because I had gone to the other side of the world and experienced the love of the father of the father through this little girl named Rachel and how we were really connected in Mm. the same way. So cool. Wow. 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 That's an awesome story. I want to hear you should, you should make your own podcast rates just with you telling your own stories. I mean, we'll we'll plant it a seed right there. We'll see where that goes in a year from now. Rachel will have her own podcast and she's she's making a face like not gonna happen but we'll see where the lord takes that since this podcast is talking about obedience we'll see where god takes that we're just planning to see (laughs) it's getting back on the topic um of obedience uh getting back to the bible uh specifically the old testament uh is uh one of the major themes of the old testament is of course the old covenant the, the torah the law and it's how the jews slash israelites were to get right with God, you know, mm-hmm. sacrifices. I mean, God gave him the Torah to follow his commandments, to get to know him more. And as we know, it's impossible to live that law perfectly. That's one of the reasons why it was given to show our 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 need uh, to be forgiven and our need to have a perfect God, a perfect savior, perfect, you know, anything when it comes to uh, perfect prophet, perfect priest, perfect king. And of course that answer is, is, is good old Jesus himself. But what we read about in the Old Testament is that it's a constant attempt to get right with God because we as humans are prone to sin and we are prone to mess up. The life of religion and life of faith is, um, to most, is keeping the rules and not sinning. I think we miss the point of that with that a lot, especially if we you know, don't have a relationship with Jesus. People look at religion as trying not to sin and as a book of rules and something that mm-hmm. we're trying to obtain rather than something that we already have, and that yeah. is um, salvation. So... But we, yeah, like I said, missed the entire point, and um, it's the entire promise of God, and that's the entire point of the Old Testament, um, is the sacrifice of Jesus, right? Relationships. So where does obedience fall into that? I mean, we look at so many times of failure 
in the Bible when it comes to obeying God, uh, all the way from, from Genesis um, to, to the very end of the New Testament with, with Revelation. We see it so many different times with so many different characters. Nobody really did it perfectly, but Jesus himself. Why is obedience such a constant theme to where God basically had to show us how to be obedient to the point of death? Like, why is that such a big genre of the Bible? I think the beautiful thing about obedience at its core is it really points to relationship yeah. with the Father, with Jesus himself. The laws and um, the covenant were never something that were supposed to be apart from relationship. Mm. They were actually an invitation to have relationship with a holy God because like you were saying, we're fallen and we live in sin or were born into sin because of the separation that was that happened at the beginning right and so because of that God has always wanted to have relationship with his people that's why he created us right. was to have relationship with us that's why he walked in the garden with Adam and Eve was to have relationship and so even in the garden obedience of not eating of the tree wasn't so that he could slap them on their wrists or condemn them it was to invite them into relationship with him Mm. into an intimate relationship with him and one of my favorite things about the old testament actually people laugh at me is the book of leviticus (laughs) yeah which is the book of law and most people will tell you to skip over that book yeah but there is so much richness and so much depth in there because the whole point isn't to have 500 something odd laws in there it's to show that god was willing and wanted to make a way for people to enter into his holiness because they couldn't as unholy people because sin separates us from the father. Mm. But he wanted to have relationship with us. And so he made a way. And ultimately we see that Jesus is that way. He's the one. He fills the gap. But obedience is always unto relationship with him. It's always out of a place of love and knowing someone. It's not out of a place of, hey, do this to get A, B, or C. And I think a lot of us think that because we oftentimes fail to realize that he just wants to know us. Mm. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 22. Um, and Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. So obedience is better than sacrifice. When you put yourself in the place of, of like a parent, mom and dad, right? It is so much better uh, for the parent if their kids just go ahead and do what they say in comparison to them just saying, um, no, I'm just gonna go and hide in my room instead. I'm not gonna go clean it or whatever exa- other example you want you want to find. Um, if the kid says yes and, and obeys the parent, the parent finds so much more peace and joy in that rather than the kid disobeying and then like doing chores or something to make up for that punishment, having to sacrifice something of their own freedom 
to make up for something that they didn't do within what the parent originally asked them to do, right? The same kind of example can be found at a much larger scale with with God and simply his commands that he has for us or simply his, his vision that he has for our lives. And if we simply say, okay, yes, Father, I will do that rather than, than disobeying, doing something, and then trying to make it up to God when, of course, that isn't what we can do. Another verse, uh, 2 John uh, 1 verse 6, and this is the love that we love according to his commandments. Now, um, this is a commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. And when you read that verse, it starts out by saying, this is love, not this is how you obtain love. We obey because we love. It is impossible to love God without obeying his commands for us. Um, and with that love comes trust, comfort, et cetera, et cetera. So we act out of obedience, not because we're trying to obtain something from God, but because we've already done that with, with the love that we have. So um, with Rachel, with, like, with, your, with your testimony and kind of like where, like where you've walked in obedience with God, when you continuously walk in obedience with the Father, what is something that you find yourself getting out of it, which encourages you to obey, obey more? So my sister would tell you that I say this probably 30,000 times a day when I talk to her, but it really comes down to the truth of you will never regret saying yes to Jesus. Yeah. And I've experienced that in my life so much so. Like even in the difficulties of not knowing what life is going to look like when you move halfway across the country or on the other side of the world or you decide to stay because the Lord wants you to stay, you will never regret saying yes to Jesus. I won't be 87 years old sitting on my front porch or whatever, reflecting on my life, thinking, you know, that one time when I was 23 years old, when I moved to Grand Junction, Colorado, because Jesus told me to, I really regret that. Like, I really regret the relationships that were formed, the opportunities that were open. That will never come out of my mouth. Because the reality is, you will never regret saying yes to Jesus mm. and actually walking out in that yes to Jesus. It's one thing to say yes, like you were saying about the parents. It's one thing to say yes and then not do it. But yeah. saying yes and having action behind it and actually following through with your yes, you will never regret that with Jesus. He is always faithful. He is always good. And he is always trustworthy. Mm. No matter the dryness of the season or the overflowing goodness of the season, whatever it looks like. That's what I think really obedience means in my own life anyways. I can trust the Lord. And when I say yes to something that seems really crazy to a whole lot of people, I won't regret that later on. Mm. And I don't have to regret it now. Mm. Firm, passionate, bold, <laughs> Richardly Crawford. I love it. I love it. Um, man, I think obedience is something that a lot of Christians struggle with because like we talked about, like people feel like they are obligated to obey rather mm. than we get to obey the father. Exactly. And he's, in, he's inviting us into this amazing, amazing plan. You know, I, I constantly make the comparison back to, you know, like the Israelites in the book of Exodus or simply, or when they're getting out of Egypt, they're leaving slavery. God has yes. promised them promised land, something that, that he made the promise of to Abraham to hundreds of years 
prior and they get to fulfill that promise. All they simply just got to do is trust and obey and they get so stuck up in their ways. They want to go back to slavery. It's because that's what they know. Yeah. And God says, okay, I'm going to give you guys over to your own desires and you're going to die in the desert. You don't get to experience my promises for you, even though all he simply had to do was probably walk. They probably could have done it in 30 to 40, maybe even 60 days. Mm-hmm. And it took them 40 years and they didn't even get there. And I just think that is so prevalent. And we constantly use that as a reminder of what God has laid out for us. And we can simply walk and live in that. We just, we get to obey and enjoy yeah. the promises that the father has for us rather than, oh my gosh, we have to do this or else we're going to die. That's not the way to look at it. <laughs> Rachel, do you got anything else? Any like free word? I'm going to give you the first amendment mic here. <laughs> Freedom of speech, anything you got to say, anything that God's been putting on your heart um, specifically about this topic. Last thought is yours. Yeah, I think obedience at at its core, like I said earlier, is just really out of a place of knowing who Jesus is and having relationship with him. And it all boils down to knowing him and knowing who he is Mm. and knowing his heart and him knowing you because it's a two-way relationship, right? And so um, something else I've learned in my life too is like, delayed obedience is still disobedience Mm. and I think we see that in the Old Testament with the Israelites yeah but when you say yes to Jesus right away when he asks you something you never regret it like I said probably 10 times (laughs) you'll never regret saying yes to Jesus (laughs) you know what as an English minor when you say things more than once just like it talks about when you see things more than once in the Bible probably has some importance to it. So so the fact that you're saying that more than once today means that it is important and people should pay attention to that. Yes. (laughs) Cool. Rach, thanks so much. Where can people find you on on Instagram to or or any of their social media to to follow your 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 walk of faith and obedience? So my Instagram is the adventures of underscore Rach. Cool. I think it's an underscore. And then also I have a Facebook page called The Adventures of Rach and I'm actually working on kind of rebranding within the new year and starting a blog a that blog. has to do with the things that the Lord has taught me and the adventures he's taken me on in the past several years. So Love a good blog. Keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for the blog. The Adventures of Rach. Love it. Well, cool. Thanks for listening in and we will catch you on the flip side. Well, there you have it. Big shout out to Rachel once again for joining me on this podcast. If you want to listen to the rest of the episodes, go and follow the Refined by Fire podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasting stuff. And with that being said, guys, have a great, great rest of your week, and we will see you next time.